Hello again, all the uh, unfortunate souls out there. This is uh, J-Law, um, and this is the J-Law Podcast. Uh, today, we're just going to go over a couple of things um, specific to, uh, well, in particular, Dune. Dune will be coming out later this week, so we wanted to do a real quick little uh, relook at the uh, original Dune movie from 1984, which uh, has a special place in my heart. As weird and kooky as it is, it was still a very entertaining movie and uh, did a lot to... Uh, kind of mold the way I look at science fiction in this day and age. Uh, but first, uh, let's do a quick, uh, this day in history. Boom, ba-doom, boom, boom. Um, I try to stick mainly to sports in this, but there's a couple other areas where uh, that are very important in regards to uh, political history. Uh, 1932 is the day, uh, on this day in 1932, is the infamous uh, call shot by Babe Ruth, whether or not you believe he was really calling a shot or not, but uh, today is the day that he did that. Second, uh, 1975 on this day, Muhammad Ali defeated Joe Frazier in, in uh, one of his more impressive fights, um, which he had quite a few impressive fights, but this one's toward the top as well. Really good fight uh, between him and another all-time great, Joe Frazier. Um, uh, ironically, uh, these next two, uh, I don't know how you look at it in regards to how you think politically or humor-wise, uh, a certain People's Republic was f- uh, established on this day. In 1949, you can always go back and look up which one that is. Uh, They are very prominent in this day and age and uh, have a lot to do with what goes on in the world nowadays. Um, Also on this day in 1924, Jimmy Carter, uh, uh, former president of the United States, was born. So uh, there's a couple of little political anecdotes thrown in there in regards to this date. Now, as I stated just a a few seconds ago... um, Dune should be coming out, I do believe, later this week or next week uh, and should be available for people to watch. Now, any of you that have ever read the book, uh, Frank Herbert's book or or books, um, but especially the book uh, pertaining to this time period uh, during the time of uh, Paul Atreides uh, or have seen the movies will know that it's, it's a very intriguing tale of the far-flung future, uh, religion... Uh, politi- uh, politics, ironically enough, as well. Um, but uh, I wanted to look back real quick at uh, the first full-fledged movie uh, that was done in an attempt to uh, go over this time period. Now, as anybody that's read through the books knows, there's a lot more to the Dune universe than just this time period. Uh, before and especially after when it comes to written books. There was not a lot of prequel books, but there's quite a few after uh, this time period. This time period, of course... Uh, takes place, and it's mentioned in the beginning of the uh, 1984 movie, in the year 10191, uh, where humanity pretty much rules the known universe, as it's put. How much of the known universe is known is really never really gone into too much. Um, and it is ruled by the Emperor Shaddam IV, the Padishah Emperor. I always thought he had one of the coolest names uh, of any <laughs> leader, ruler, emperor, king in the history of movies and entertainment. Of course, the movie starts off with a narration from his daughter. Uh, there are some versions that uh, you find on TV where you don't get to see much of the narration. And there's some where you get to see a really long, elaborate narration from even before this that shows the uh, Butlerian Jihad, uh, the robots taking over. It's quite intriguing when you get to actually see the full scope of it. This movie had quite a few, quite a few major actors at the time. Uh, young Kyle MacLachlan, of course, was uh, played Paul. And uh, Jürgen Prochnow, uh, a really good German actor, played his father. Uh, he had done a, a, a few movies before that. 
that were very successful. Of course, in this day and age, we all know as Captain Jean-Luc Picard, Patrick Stewart played uh, Gurney Halleck, uh, Paul's trainer, and uh, almost like bodyguard in many ways. Uh, some of the other great actors, uh, Brad Dourif, who has done so many good performances in so many shows and movies over the year. He played, in my opinion, uh, maybe my favorite villain character of the whole movie, uh, Peter DeVries, who is a mentat. And uh, really the, the brains behind the whole thing, at least in, in the movie version. Really, really good character. Uh, kind of sad that he goes out the way that he does. He deserved to be around longer. But anyway, I digress. Um, and of course, Sting, not the wrestler, uh, the musician, uh, played Fade Rautha, uh, one of uh, Baron Vladimir Harkon, Harkonnen's nephews. The uh, more, uh, I don't know, you, you want to call him maybe the more handsome, more debonair looking, but quite, as, quite sinister as well. Uh, Fade Rautha, an amazing character, quite twisted, but of course he's a Harkonnen. Uh, the uh, late great actor, Jose Farrar, played, of course, Emperor Shaddam IV. Um, those are just some of the many actors. Um, of course, one of the over or underpinning themes of the original movie, and I think it's brought up a little bit in the books as well, is the whole Vladimir Harkonnen, uh, the kind of subtle references to he might be uh, homosexual. Uh, I mean, that didn't really matter. Uh, I don't really see why that does matter, but it, it was, you know, because of when the time the book was made, um, he, uh, comes off as quite a sadist and they never, I don't think they ever really try to put two and two together in that regards because I mean, there's no need to do that. And, uh, and I understand how that would offend some people, uh, even in the eighties. Um, but, um, he was quite the sadist. Uh, he does have the scene where he, he kills one of his little, uh, workers who's, uh, putting the. The, the fake uh, roses in the stands let them bleed to death um, uh, spoiler alert uh, and I think that's supposed to kind of give off his sadist you know, like look or aura right there um, but they don't go too deep into it and I, I suspect especially in this day and age uh, with uh, the sensitivities we have now you won't see much of it in this movie as well I mean it's fine it never really meant much to me anyway in regards to uh in, uh, the movie and how it moves forward so that's not exactly an area where I'm going to be bummed if they uh, don't explore that more because that really doesn't play that big of a role in, in how uh, the Baron is uh, evil in his ways so uh, again no issues with that um, the movie tries to get everything in from that time period in one movie which as you can tell in this new movie they're not doing uh, you can tell, and, and from what I've already been heard, uh, from what I've already heard, they're trying to split this into two movies, which is, especially in this day and age, the logical thing to do. Uh, you know, they split Lord of the Rings into three movies because it's such a long book. Uh, this time period in Dune, uh, the Paul Atreides time period, um, it's such a long book, and I think it's best to split it up. That said, I have been disappointed uh, that it is still unknown who the Emperor is. I mean, he's like one of the most important characters in the entire uh, time period and series. So it kind of sucks that uh, we haven't even heard anything about the Emperor yet. And of course, as I spoke earlier about the Sting character, we don't know who Fade Rautha is yet as well. 
So those are two characters that I look forward to seeing who they are and uh, who's playing them. Uh, there's probably rumors out there, but I haven't seen them. And uh, when they're going to show up, will they show up at a for a brief time at the very end of this movie, or are they being saved completely for the next? Because, um, spoiler alert, uh, Dave Bautista, of course, is playing Raban, and Raban is the original governor that Harkonnen puts in charge of Dune to squeeze everything he can out of it. And in the original movie, uh, Raban ends up messing up, if you will. I guess is the easiest way to put it. And the Emperor becomes highly peeved by this. And that's what brings on the Emperor showing up on the planet, eventually bringing his Sadakar with him. Um, so I don't know if they're going to be saving uh, the Emperor's punishment for Raban until the next movie. Hence, aka, does that mean Raban makes it into the next movie? So again, these are all unknowns. We don't know yet. Uh, I've noticed in the highlights that they've changed a few things in regards to the way uh, the militaries look. Obviously, in the old 80, 84 movie, uh, the uh, Atreides army looked a lot more like like dress uniform uh, British soldiers from uh, World War I. Um, and obviously, that's changed a lot. They look a lot more high-tech and more futuristic in this movie. As well as, I, I'm still not sure from the highlights which ones are the Harkonnen's troops. And are there actually video or, or, or pictures or stills of... Uh, the Sadakar. Uh, it looks like everybody seems to be wearing white or really, really light colored uniforms or armor, which in reality makes sense on a desert planet, but it takes away from the aura movie wise of the villains in the original movie. Of course, the Sadakar and the Harkonnen troops were all dressed in black leather. Of course, that's not logical in regards to, especially in a desert environment, they would probably all die you know, pretty quickly from the heat. But I would have hoped that they could have found a way to incorporate it uh, better uh, while still being realistic and logical in showing off the villains' troops in this upcoming movie. But again, not sure yet exactly who's who in regards to the battle scenes. They leave a lot of it dark and, you know, explosions going off. You can't really tell in a lot of it. Uh, there is the scene where it looks like uh, uh, Paul is fighting some uh, uh, soldiers that are in uh, a white whitish or light tan armor those are possibly Harkonnen troops um, again not sure exactly uh, if the Sadakar are actually shown at all initially but anyway uh, the, the original movie tries to get everything in in one movie which was very hard so they skip a lot of things but it was still very entertaining uh, another aspect of uh, the new movie that I'm not seen anything yet of is the guild who were extremely cool yes the 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 animatronics and the puppeteers in the original version made uh the 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 high level uh, uh guild uh navigators look kind of a little goofy but i liked where they were going with it and i would hope that they incorporate that in uh to this new version uh, CGI-wise, or however they want to do it in regards to showing off the guild. Again, the guild may be something that also is held off until the next movie with the Emperor. Because in the original movie, the very first scenes after the narration from the Emperor's daughter is the guild coming to Kaitain and speaking with the Emperor about his plans. Because they had figured out his plans and were going to call him on it um, and basically want it in. 
really cool scene where the emperor is talking to a uh, to a, a guild navigator of the highest level and his staff. Very cool. Go back and, and find that if you can. Again, you may find the the navigator's uh, appearance and uh, and uh, the way it works a little bit uh, silly in this day and age, but I think you get the right idea of where it could can go and wh and what it was meant to be. He's a fully mutated human uh, at the highest level, uh, mind wise. Uh, so that's another area that uh, I'll be looking forward to see what they do with that in the movie. Um, the end seems rushed um, of the original 84, 1984 version. Uh, the Sadakar uh, fighting off the Fremen with the help of the, 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 the worms, spoiler alert, uh, seems kind of rushed, seems too quick in my opinion. But I understand for the time, for the budget, and for the, the abilities to film... That's the best they could do. So I look forward to seeing that. Uh, the videos of the worms I've seen so far from the new movie look pretty cool. So again, uh, I'm really looking forward to this new movie. I know they changed some people in it, and I this is one of my pet peeves of why is that necessary. Um, it just seems like it's just forced in in regards to uh, a couple characters changing, uh, 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 changing from what they were to what they are now. You know, it just doesn't seem like you need to do that. I mean, they may be wonderful actors, but there there could have been a different way to do it, in my opinion. But again, I'm going to reserve judgment until I see the movie. So, uh, anyway, if you ever have time to set aside two and a half to four and a half, uh, two and a half to four hours, depending on which cut you get, yeah, find the old Dune and and uh, try to muscle your way through it. If you like the premise and you like the story you, you, you'll probably be able to get through it without much issue and just find some humor in some of the scenes as well but anyway so that's my little preview or review of the original dune um if you can find it and, and check it out before you see the new version and uh go from there so that's uh my little take on that Okay, and uh, in uh, follow-up, speaking of uh, goofy science fiction movies, and in uh, homage to uh, Dune, and uh, more specifically the 1984 Dune, uh, I decided to look up, um, go back in the old days and find some uh, old goofy science fiction movies I remember liking. Uh, this first little list of, not really, it's not really a top five, but I'm going to give you a list of five from the 1970s and then I'll give you another list of five next time and then we'll move into the 80s but I wanted to kind of broaden the horizons of young people that have never seen them or in the case of people my age help them remember hey I remember that silly movie as uh, something to maybe go check out some of these you may shake your head about five minutes in and go this is ridiculous and turn it off but some of them you may not and you might find something pretty funny or pretty entertaining about them so here's a list. Again, not so much a top five, but a list of five. Uh, first one, uh, some of you my age might remember this uh, vaguely. Seen it on TV sometimes. Uh, dark Star. It's kind of a comedy sci-fi. Kind of a dark comedy sci-fi. About a crew of astronauts that go around the galaxy blowing up rogue planets that are useless or getting in the way. Uh, seems like a strange waste of time when you really stop and think about it. But there's a purpose behind it in the movie. Um... Along the way, they uh, deal with all kinds of issues. 
mainly among the crew. That's uh, where the dark comedy parts come in, including picking up some kind of an alien pet that I still don't truly understand to this day. Um, but if you ever get a chance, uh, check it out. This might be one that some of you may like and some of you may think is just utterly stupid, but Dark Star from 1974. Uh, another one that's really good and tells a lot about humanity is Logan's Run. A lot of you may remember this. This is, uh, spoiler alert, the movie about a society long since, long after ours is dead and gone, destroyed from whatever war or apocalypse to camp on us. Uh, these young, beautiful people live in a city underground uh, where uh, once they hit the age of 30, they have to go through some kind of a ceremony uh, where they're quote-unquote reborn, but as most people figure out pretty quickly, you're not really reborn, you die. Uh, so pretty much you die at 30. Um, the, the trick is their little government uh, that's run by a, a computer tries to tell you that you have a chance to survive, but, you know, anyway, not to spoil it, but Logan's Run is where one of the policemen of that time period... Uh, who's in charge of catching people who try to run when they hit 30, uh, ironically hits 30 and decides to run himself. So, um, oh, the irony, oh, the irony. And it's a pretty cool adventure story uh, of this guy running off to try to save himself and another girl that he uh, meets along the way, young lady, uh, who's part of a, a kind of a rebel front uh, against the whole dying at 30 thing. And the irony of... Uh, Logan's best friend and the law enforcement officer having to hunt him down. Next one, this one's relevant right now because there's a TV series on it. And uh, in my opinion, the TV series has kind of gone off the rails since the first season and moved way too far away what the original was meant to be. Um, but uh, Westworld from 1973. Now, some people like to argue that the show has now moved on to Future World without actually calling it Future World. But, eh. I ain't buying that yet. But uh, the original was a pretty cool movie um, with some shocks toward the beginning, uh, especially once all the robots start turning on people. Uh, it's uh, quite a entertaining, uh, fascinating look at a society uh, that uses robots for all the hedonistic and adventurous uh, needs of uh, this future world's uh, 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 humans, <clears throat> specifically the rich. So... Watch Westworld. It'll give you an idea of probably where they were trying to go with the TV show. The next one is quite often forgot about, but it's one of Disney's original sci-fi movies. Way back in the day when they were still mainly doing cartoons and some adventure flicks with a young Kurt Russell. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, was The Black Hole. I had always hoped that somehow they would find a way to redo this movie because I think... Well, in this time period, I don't know, but maybe 10 years ago, it would have been interesting to see what kind of a take they would have took on the black hole. The whole premise of the black hole is a uh, small probe ship of humans has gone out into space and they run into an old relic uh, spaceship from Earth uh, that uh, had been lost. It almost turns into kind of a little haunted house type vibe that's now orbiting an actual black hole. And they go visit it, and they run into uh, quite a few interesting characters. There's a lot of robots. Uh, there's a villain. There's some surprise uh, surprises toward the end of what happened to the original crew. It's quite an entertaining movie. Um, and uh, I think you, you may like, uh, if you like Disney movies, and even if you don't, it's, uh, it's one of their original uh, takes on science fiction, long before they became the way they are now. 
and maybe you know maybe a tad bit politically correct now uh but check it out it's an interesting movie and then last is an obvious favorite it's almost in the horror category but that's the movie alien the original movie alien which truly is a haunted house and space movie uh great story sigourney weaver of course does an outstanding job so does tom scarrett so does really the whole cast it's truly one of the all-time great sci-fi horror movies i would definitely put it in my top five of sci-fi slash horror genre um i mean it may be number two or number three uh all time it's a great great shock movie great just it's all around just still stands the test of time and is still scary to this day especially if you've never seen it before so again <clears throat> that's my list of uh five movies from the 70s uh in the sci-fi genre to look up and to try to experience in your life maybe you'll find something that you, you you hadn't seen before and you're like wow this is cool how did i miss this and for some others it might be a chance to reminisce and remember about how cool some of these movies were back in the day so that's my uh, list for today okay and in closing sports uh today we'll finish up with a couple uh quick little anecdotes uh first off i uh happened to watch the most recent smackdown uh, a uh main event that was between uh roman reigns and uh, i do believe his name is montez ford he's part of one of their better tag teams uh the match was extremely entertaining although i've never really liked the idea of your all-time great juggernaut champion having to struggle so much to defeat a tag team wrestler uh, I know it's to make it entertaining, and I know it's to put on a great show, which they did. But when you're really supposed to be the best, like Roman Reigns is, um, I just have issues with him struggling so much to beat somebody like that. Somebody like that should not be at his level yet, not even close. Someday, once the guy goes on his own and uh, gets a, a run as a solo, I can understand. But Roman Reigns is supposed to be the top dog pretty much in all of... of uh, sports entertainment right now in all the leagues. I mean, if you were doing a top five, he's probably the man. Um, and it's understandable. He's been champion for over a year. He's very physically impressive and he knows what he's doing. And, uh, he's just, he's the top man. And for him to struggle that much, uh, it, uh, that kind of stuff kind of bugs me. Now that's happened in the past. There used to be uh, occasions of this and I've never really liked it, to be honest with you. Um, I'm not saying he should have dropped Montez in 30 seconds, but, um, I, I, I would hope in the future that they, uh, they don't, uh, replicate this too often because I like my champions to be imposing, especially against people that shouldn't be on their level yet. That said, it was a great match. It was very entertaining. Um, a lot of action, a lot of moving around, a lot of acrobatics from Montez Ford, who looks like he's going to be a pretty good wrestler. Um, especially someday on his own. I'm sure as a tag team, he's great. But uh, I got to admit, I don't really keep track of the tag team industry that much anymore since it's not what it once was in my mind. But still, obviously very talented gentleman. But uh, I'd give the match a B plus. It would be an A if uh, it hadn't been so nip and tuck the whole way, if you know what I mean. And finally, uh, the NFL season is underway. Uh, three games in. I usually like to wait a few games before I kind of give my uh, my top fives. Right now, because of what they did to the to the Bucks, I'd have to have the Rams first um, until uh, further notice. 
Um, number two, I'm probably going to still keep the Bucks there. Uh, even though they did lose, they do still have Tom Brady. So, I mean, you know, until further notice, they're, they're still the man uh, overall. Um, number three, you know, the uh, I, I tried to find somebody in the AFC. The AFC's stockpiled full of great teams, but all of them got flaws and all of them got uh, losses, it seems, at least uh, the major ones. So I would probably put uh, Buffalo number three even with their brain fart against uh, the Steelers on opening day. And then after that, you're probably looking at um, Kansas City, even though they're one and two, I know. And uh, my uh, surprise number five right now, um, until maybe after this weekend, would be the Arizona Cardinals at 3-0. and Because they are undefeated. They did uh, blow out Tennessee on opening day and have found ways to win uh, a couple of tough games since then, which is the mark of a good team. So that's my top five right now. Of course, it's way too early. As I said, I, I put Kansas City in there, and, and they're one and two. Um, if not for a fumble against Baltimore, they're, maybe they're two and one, but you know the record is what it is. But they are Kansas City, and they're going to be a, a threat at the end, no matter what. So anyway, so that's my top five for now that will not matter in a couple weeks. <laughs> oh, for now, that's going to be it this week. Uh, like I said, uh, or at least today, on our next uh, broadcast, I'll probably go into a few more of those uh, hidden gem uh, sci-fi movies from the past and uh, maybe have another movie review, and uh, we'll look over a couple other things. So until next time, you guys take care, and uh, I'll see you then, brother. <laughs>